Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Nkepo of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Ntefo is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Where he encamped at the Mount of God. And he said unto Moses, I, thy father-in-law, Jethro, I am come unto thee, and thy wife, and her two sons, with her. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and did obeisance, and kissed him, and they asked each other of their welfare, and they came into the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh, and to the Egyptians, for the Israelites' sake. And all the travail that had come upon them by the way, and how the Lord delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the God who had delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of Pharaoh, who had delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now, I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, for in the end, in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. And Aaron came and all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. Now, verse 13. Watch verse 13. Exodus 18, 13. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning unto the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sitteth thou thyself alone? And all the people stand by thee from morning unto evening. And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me, to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another, and I do make them know the status of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and these people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to God word, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shall show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hated covetousness, and place such 
over them. Watch this. To be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. Are you seeing the small groups right there? Uh? And let them judge the people at all seasons. And it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee. But every small matter they shall judge, they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself. And they shall bear their burden with thee. Stop right there. Amen. Amen. So when Jethro came to Moses, eh, and Bible scholars tell us that there were between 2.5 to 3 million Jewish people who left Egypt. And they were in the wilderness. So Reverend Dr. Moses was a pastor of all these people. And from the morning to the evening, because if your congregation is 2.5, 3 million people, Baum is every day about 50,000 or 100,000. They will have problems. How many of you agree? Every day. I mean, 3 million people. Uh, quarter, 50,000, 100,000. This one has diarrhea. This one's wife is busy. The husband doesn't give you no know, money in the home. Uh, this one's child is not well. This one is a car of the neighbor. This one is so this one's cow. You know, 100,000. And Moses will sit from the morning to the evening alone, judging them. And his father said, No. Choose men and place them, group the people into thousands, five hundreds, hundreds, fifties, twenties, tens, and put the people over them. That is small groups. And he said, As for you, be to the people God word, pray, receive revelation, teach the people, and all that. But let them judge in the small matters. So the Basel shepherd is there to look after his sheep, cancel them, visit them. Do you understand it? But if there's a bigger issue, then they bring it to you. So that together with your Basel shepherds, the burden of the ministry can be shared. So that is the first point you should know. That it is not a new church program. It has been in existence since the Old Testament. Number two, the basel has no substitute for any large church because it, is, it always makes the way for church members to be cared for properly. The basel has no substitute for any large church because it always makes it possible for the church members to be cared for properly. Number three, the basel has no substitute for any small church because it is the most powerful strategy for growth. The basel has no substitute for any small church because it is the most powerful strategy for church growth. Number three, the basel is God's own strategy. The battle is God's own strategy to build his church. I'm giving you powerful 
facts that you must know. He said, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. God is trying to give you a strong and deep conviction about Basils. Yeah. If you send me to go and start a new church, Basils, without even thinking about it. Once I do outreach, I start a church, I have 12 people there, 10 people there. I'm starting Basils. It is God's own strategy eh, for building the church. Amen? Next one. It is the strategy for church growth and it ensures ever-increasing church growth. It is the strategy for church growth and it ensures ever-increasing church growth. If your bosses are working, the church will continue to grow. It will always be forward ever. Backwards never. Yeah. In our, at our cathedral, we have never seen like coming back. We always go forward. What we have seen is that sometimes we just get stuck. So we don't sort of move fast enough. But we don't come back. We don't come back. Yeah. We just move. Amen? Huh? I think this year we have added not, not less than 500 people already. Where are you going to get that from? Ashes to go and do outreach. Your ashes. <laughs> you are joking. Have you seen ashes who do outreach? But that same Asha, when he's a member of a basel, that's outreach. Yes. But Asha's fellowship, they only welcome people to church. They don't mind whether the people are five or ten. <laughs> we are welcoming them. Amen? Hmm? Just leaving out some of the points because I've mentioned it. Next one. It is the master key of church growth. Because it functions just as the human body cells function. It is the master key of church growth. Next one. The bustle is not a choice. It is necessary for massive church growth. The bustle it's not a choice. It is not what? It is not what? A choice. So, Pastor Ben, when you go back to Entebbe, Basel is not a choice. You must do it. You must do it. It's not a choice. You must do it. Yeah. If you want to see a certain level of growth and increasing growth, Next one. It is the outreach force of the church. It is the outreach force of the church. How many do you have? And the last one. If we are pastor yet, the last, this last point, I want you to write it in capitals. And 
the last point I'm going to give to you is what will determine whether your cells will work or not. That's why I say a pastor should write it in capitals. And this is it. The basso will not work until the senior pastor is the driving force behind it. The basos will not work until the senior pastor himself is the driving force behind it. Yeah. You can buy a brand new Mercedes Benz from the car showroom if you don't sit in the driver's seat to drive it, it will not move anywhere. Yeah. If the buses work, it must be precipitated, motivated, encouraged, organized, pushed by the pastor. So, if you're a pastor here, you want to start sales, don't leave it on any shepherd or your assistant pastor. No. All these years, it's been seven years that we have been doing pastors. I am the person in charge. Oh? Yeah. Person in charge. I bring the ideas. Let's do this. Let's do this. I do the training. Yeah? If the pastor is himself is not driving the agenda of the bus, it will not work. Forget it. That's why you say, my shepherds, you know, they are not serious. Not. You are not serious. You, the pastor, you are not serious. Yeah. It's like having devoted members. The first key to have devoted members is that you, the pastor, must be a devoted pastor. If, the past, if, the, if your sheep realize that you are a devoted pastor, they'll be devoted. But you yourself, when you call for private, you don't come. So, you, you announce it in the church powerfully. Tonight, uh, this Friday, we are going to have a powerful uh, all night. When they come, you are not there. But the first time, they, they don't, it's like, oh, maybe pastor, something happened. By the time you do it, one, two, three, that's it. Your all night is off. Because you are not serious. So, the engine behind the pastors is the pastor. Not the shepherd. Not the assistant pastor. Not the chief shepherd. No. The pastor. The main pastor. Pastor Daniel, do you understand that? Eh? Yes. You must be the main person. Pushing it. Training the shepherds. Meeting them. Doing their distribution. Making sure that outreaches are happening. Making sure that they are passing the people. Everything. You, the pastor, you are the person that is pushing it. Everybody is helping you. But you are the person who is pushing it. Eh? David, you understand it? Yeah. This is the reason why your cells don't work. Because you have left it. So, uh, you are in charge of the. Yeah. Even recently, I was talking to a pastor about the cells. You want to do cells. They said, Oh, I, I, I would. You told me, I'll let this, my pastor, handle it. I knew that it would not work. The principal force, the engine, the engine, the driver, the driving force 
behind the bustle is a senior pastor. Yeah. Senior pastor. Pastor Lassie, do you understand that? Yes. The senior pastor. So how many facts do you have? Let's go through them. Read them. Number one is what? I can't hear you. It is not a new church program. Number two. Huh? Listen, when you take a large church, the basket has no substitute. And I'm going to go into that. I'll be explaining these points. You understand? If you have a large church and you don't have buses, you only have a crowd. And number three, it has no substitute for a small church. Because if you are a small church, you need it to grow. So whether you are a big church or a small church, basil je and one basil. And no, and no, and no, and no. Next one is what? I can't hear you. Oh, you are just mumbling. I can't hear you. Okay, next one is what? It ensures ever increasing check. Next one is what? It is what? It is what? The master key. Put an asterisk. Beside that, the master key. The master key. Yeah. Master key. Next one. It is not a choice. It is what? Necessary for massive church growth. How many of you want massive church growth? How many of you are tired of the people who are in the church? Eh? How many of you are tired? Ah. Even you know, even when you are at home, you know who came or who didn't come. Yeah. Even when you enter the church and you look at the chair arrangement and then you tell you, this place is empty, you know the people who didn't come. But that story has changed. I said that story has changed. You will not be able to know your church members. There is no way that you will be able to know all your church members. No matter how hard you try. Yeah. (laughs) Presently, Bishop was telling me in his church he wants to do counseling for all one-on-one counseling on Sundays. Yeah. So he was telling me that, look, he's been doing that. At the end of the day's time, only a few has been done. Because the people are a lot. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Eh? When you start counting your sheep, you say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You got your person, ah, I beg you. Can somebody continue? That will be your story. Amen. But now when you are counting your sheep, if you don't look at your face, 12. 
and they have been 12 for 4 years but that story has changed in the name of Jesus because God has turned you into a mega church pastor I say your name is called a mega church pastor every figure of membership below 500 is abolished in the name of Jesus yeah yeah when pastors meet and they are talking oh Charlie these days, I don't know what is happening in church. The people are not coming. So how many do we have? I don't know. We have been around 8.50 for the past three months. We have been around 8.50 for the past month. The other one says, hey, Charlie, your case is going to We did generally this year, we were 920. Up to this time, we have just added another 100. We are not happy. That is how you'll be talking. That is how you'll be talking. I said that is how you'll be talking. Because God is going to bring you the increase. God is going to bring you the increase. He's going to gather the people for you. I said he's going to gather the people for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. When you go start yourselves and increase the chairs in your church. Yeah. Every Sunday any shepherd who doesn't bring a sheep, sack the person from the church. Go, go and bring a sheep before you come. Stand at the door. When the basket shepherd comes, where is your sheep? You have, okay. Where is your sheep? You have What You don't have, go and bring. Go and bring. We are not joking here. I said we are not joking here. For since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent together by force. Can you give the Lord a shout? Sundays. You see, we on Sundays we have just like there's election results. We have sheep results. Sunday afternoons. Yeah. I have set up we call it what? NBC. A New Believers Center. Sit down. For those of you who know what the Colorado Cathedral is in the, the top, the library. So when the people come to the front and give their life to Christ, they are led to the New Believers Center. You saw it? As they are entering, okay, we are operating in about 37 different areas. So you see people holding placards with the names of the different areas on it. So, based on where you have come from, then you go and sit at that place. Yeah. So, you see, when you enter there, you see people sitting all over. And then we have administrators who would, you know, input their names and all that. And then we'll come out with the resource for every area who came, who brought souls, who didn't bring. So, in the afternoon, my chief administrator will bring the resource. And we'll go area by area. So you didn't bring anybody. Yeah. 
Sometimes we pour them, we pour water, we call the shepherd and pour. The, the shepherd is drenched in water. Next week, Sunday, don't bring anybody you see. Ah, did you see that meeting? Did you? You, you, you witness it? Wow. We are very wild. Hey, we will like sheep. You don't bring sheep. We'll kill him. Brothers, we pour the water here. And we warn the sisters. Next time, if you don't bring a sheep, we'll pour the water here. No. Not bringing a sheep as a shepherd on Sunday in our church is criminal. It's criminal. It's a criminal act. <laughs> yeah? You sit down there. Other religions are taking over the people. Kenya. Kenya has been taken over by other religions. As we sit in our churches and we are playing games, we have to be wild. Huh? Since the days of John the Baptist, Matthew 11, 12, the kingdom of God suffered violence. And the violent, the violent, have to use any legitimate means to take the sheep by force. Yeah. Sunday mornings, my shepherds and my pastors, by 4 a.m., 5 a.m., they are up in the communities. Yeah. Waking people up. Get up! Go and move! We are going to church. book, church growth, it is possible. One of the sessions, church growth and hard work. Then church growth and anakazu. You sit down there that the people, they will come to church. Who told they will come to church? They have gone to nightclub, they are boost, they are sleeping. You see my shepherds. Yeah. Oh, Pastor Michael, you not Eh? Come. Yeah. I kept him I kept him in Ghana to train him after school for one year. By the time he finished, he had built, he had built a church of 100 people. Yeah. Eh? What happened to you Sunday mornings? So, Bishop put me in charge of areas and there was one area that is called Choco. Mambrobi and other areas. So I used to rise up early in the morning. What time? At 3 or 3.40 or 3.45. And then I will prepare myself. And then I will live into those areas with my shepherds. And I will go and... How many, how many hours were you praying on Saturday night? Every Saturday we pray for six hours. So when were you sleeping? You sleep at what time? So, you just sleep like one hour and then you rise up, you go for mobilization. Yeah.
pastors. You see, you don't use the wisdom that Bishop has given to us in the books. That's why you're not doing well. If you read Lycos or Lepo in the ministry, how to develop your feeding ministry, point number 25. Bishop says, a pastor must spend Saturday evenings to Sunday mornings praying and preparing for the service. Yeah. So all my pastors, six hours minimum. So if you start at eight, that takes you to two a.m. If you start at nine, it takes you to three a.m. If you start at seven, it takes you to one a.m. Do you understand it? And then by three a.m. because his service was six thirty. So what do you do when you wake up? So when I wake up, I prepare myself. I will wake up around three. I prepare myself. By three forty-five, the buses are leaving. We are going. So we we bring the buses to the church. So the shepherds sit in the buses and go with the empty bus to the community. We are coming for you. We are coming for you. So we get into the areas, we go, we know the shepherds. Yeah, my, the shepherds and myself. So we go and we know the doors of the church members. So we go, we knock your door, we tell you, rise up. If you don't have water, we get water for you, we put in the bathhouse, you bath, and then you prepare yourself. And get into the bus yeah. and come to the church. That is how come 6 30, 7 o'clock, you have 700 people. Sitting in church and hearing the word of God. That is violence. Yeah, that's violence. Church growth is not a simple thing. You are sleeping. (laughs) Pastor, you don't pray. Many pastors, you don't pray. You don't pray. Saturdays you are watching Chinese movies. You have put your leg on your wife. Turning yourself. I told you, your church is not growing. No erection. Every wife here whose husband church is less than 500. When he brings his leg, Ask him, how many sheep do you have? How many sheep do you have? If he mentioned the sheep and it's less than 500, I said, brother, look, don't, don't disturb me. Don't disturb me. Now get used 
to coming to church. So they themselves now are able to now wake up, dress, and sit in the bus and come to church. But before that, we train them. Get up. Four in and the person snoring like that. Look, we are going to church. Go and bath. You want church good? Church good and hard work. Church good and anakazu. Church good and hard leadership. Thank you. He built a church. 100. 100. Sundays is sheep. 100. Yeah. Same thing, Pastor Kennedy. Pastor Allen. All of them. I'm expecting them to do great things for the Lord. Hallelujah. Huh? Wow. What is the next point? We are going to the point. What is the next point? Next one is what? Sorry? It is the outreach force of the church. And the final one is what? The pastors will not work until the senior pastor is what? The driving force behind it. Yes. So when we come to your church and your pastors are not working, it's your fault, pastor. It's your fault. Yeah. One time I heard Bishop Oedipo say something. He says that if we're a pastor and your church is not growing, and he mentioned a certain figure. He said, go and report yourself to the police for them to arrest you. (laughs) He said, go and report yourself to the police to arrest you. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Amen. Are you here? I've gone. Now, I want to talk about benefits of the bustles. Benefits of the bustles. There are three different categories of benefits of the bustles. The first benefit, the first category is the benefits of bustles to the kingdom of God. Benefits of bustles to the kingdom of God. The second category is the benefit of bustles to the church members. Benefits of bustles to the church members. And the third category is benefits of bustles to the pastor. Benefits of bustles to the pastor. Amen. So let's start with benefits of bustles to the kingdom of God. Number one, through the bustles, massive regular prayer occurs in the communities which change the spiritual atmosphere 
of those communities. Through the Basels, massive, regular prayer occurs in the communities which change the spiritual atmosphere of those communities. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Do you understand it? Now, as we are trying to expand the kingdom of God by reaching out to the lost, there are demonic and satanic forces, principalities, powers, witchcraft spirits, who also are trying to keep the people in captivity. Keep them in, in a sin, in evil, in prostitution, in adultery, in drug addiction. The evil spirits, that's their work. I get what I'm saying. So, it is not easy or it is not that simple that you are going to do an outreach to bring the people. You must first overcome those forces and it occurs through regular, continuous, relentless prayer. Second Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Do you understand it? Eh? But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and bringing every height not exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, so, as we offer prayer in the various areas at the basal level, we are continuously overcoming the powers of darkness and changing the negative spiritual atmosphere there and therefore the souls that become free to receive our gospel. What did Jesus say in Matthew 12, 39? Matthew 12, 39. Huh? Matthew 12, 30, or 29. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house? So that is what prayer does. So the benefit of the vassals to the kingdom of God is that through the prayers that we are offering all the time. Do you understand it? Eh? In the areas, it has happened to change the spiritual atmosphere and therefore, it is making it easier for the people to receive the word of God and for them to enter into the kingdom of God. How many of you understand that? Amen. Huh? Yeah, in our, at our cathedral, Every vessel must have a prayer meeting for one hour minimum every week. And then, during the vessel the meetings, there's a, a time for prayer. 
And one of the topics that we pray during the passing meeting, during the prayers at the passing meeting, is to change the spiritual atmosphere in that particular area. Do you understand? So as you are changing this area, Michael is also praying, leading his people to change that area. He also, everybody, so if this is the town, we have covered the whole town of prayer and bringing the forces of darkness down and freeing the people to obey the word of God. Amen. And listen to me, brothers. We need to pray. If we don't pray, the church will not work. There must be prayer at all levels. Yes. There must be prayer at all levels if we are going to change the spiritual atmosphere. Bring down imaginations. Cast down evil spirits. Bind evil spirits. Bind a strong man. Hmm? At the Colorado Cathedral, we are praying all the time. Every shepherd must pray at least one hour every day. Between 3 to 4 a.m., we have a prayer meeting called I Am Awake. We have paired all the shepherds. We have paired them. So when you wake up, then you, you call your partner and say, I am awake. Your partner also say, I'm awake. Then you start. One hour. And to make sure that you are alive, from time to time, you must exchange WhatsApp or scriptures. I'm awake. All lay pastors must pray at least two hours every day. All four-time pastors that I have pray five hours every day. Five hours every day. On Tuesdays, my four-time pastors meet together from 3 a.m. and they pray to 10 a.m. at seven hours on Tuesdays. Every Thursday, myself and my four-time pastors we must hide on our own. Everybody find where you want to be and pray for 24 hours on your own. You don't come out. Every Thursday. 24 hours. Be there. Don't come out. Soak in messages. Read the Bible. Watch videos. Read the books. Every month, the first week of the month, from Monday to Friday, the whole church we meet to have what we call Mispa prayer, which is fasting and praying from Monday to Friday. And we meet 6.30 to 8, 8.30 to pray the whole church. And then on the Friday of that particular week, we have an all night. Every day at our cathedral, we have established what we call prayer rotation. We have divided the whole church into small, small, small groups. And each group comes to pray once only in the evening for one hour. And so if the month is 30 days, every day of the 30 days, there's prayer. Every Saturday, we prepare what we call prayer bomb. 
for the Sunday service to hit the demons, to release the people. It's a prayer to bind evil spirits. It's a prayer for the Holy Spirit to anoint us for the work. It's a prayer to bring growth. It's a prayer for people to respond to the gospel. We call it a prayer bomb. And it is about now I don't know but at a point we had like 450 um, shepherds. Now we have more. So every shepherd Saturday evening must pray one hour towards the service. So 450 shepherds that is 450 hours. And then my pastors must also pray six hours. So if you add that, you have about 450 to 500 hours of prayer bomb geared towards only the Sunday service. So prayer is happening all the time. Prayer is happening all the time. We need to pray. You understand it? There must be a lot of prayer. God said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. All nations. Prayer. 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 At all levels. All levels. To change the spiritual atmosphere. So that is the benefit of the vessels. As your vessels and their shepherds are praying in the different communities, they are changing the atmosphere there and making it easier for the souls there to, to run away from the captivity of Satan. Can I have an amen? amen. Number two. Number two. Are you there? Through the vessels, the gospel is made readily available at the doorsteps of people. Through the vessels, the gospel is made readily available at the doorsteps of people. Yeah. You don't want to come to church, but we have brought church to your house. You don't want to come to church, but we have brought church to your community. Grace, do you understand that? Yeah. Many people don't want to come to church. Dr. Nyongito says that sinners are afraid of church. Yeah. He says sinners are afraid of church. Listen to me, pastor. If you think that Sunday, by putting on your suit and arranging your chairs and your equipment, unbelievers will come to your church. You have made a mistake. And that is a mistake that many of us. That is why your church has been 40 people for five years. Because you always go in expectation that people will come. They don't come. You have to go for them. And the pastors help us to bring the gospel to them where they are. They don't want to come to them, but we bring the gospel to the community. We do outreaches. We encourage you to come into the fellowship. And the next step is to take you from the fellowship. To come to church. So you didn't want to come, but before you find yourself, now you go to church through the bustles. 
So the aim of the person, and the pastor, you must keep this in mind all the time, is not only for the people to have fellowship in the areas, but the main aim is that they will bring the people to church. If they don't do that, your church will still not grow. Yeah. The more people you can bring from the pastors, the more your church will grow. Currently, we are able to bring how many percent? Is it 65%? Eh? Yes. Of all the people that we have in our buses, we are, we, are, we are able to bring 65%. Our target is to work towards 70%. The more people you can bring from the buses to church, the bigger your church will be. There are people who love to attend the buses, but they don't like to come to church. But if you work on them, they'll come. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding the benefits of the bustles to the kingdom of God? Because we are trying to expand the kingdom of God. So through the prayers that we are offering in the bustles, we are breaking the power of Satan and demonic forces. Yeah. As Daniel was praying, the angel Gabriel came to tell and said, look, from the first day that you started, your answer was sent. But the prince of Persia, eh, a demon, said he has withstood us. Your prayer has been prevented. So there are demonic powers that are fighting. When you go and witness to somebody and the person gives them the light to Christ, I'll come to church on Sunday. Sunday done, a demon goes to fan the person's eyes to sleep very deeply. And instead of waking up at 6, 5 to come to church, the person wakes up at 12 in the afternoon. Yeah, the devil will just be fun. Just sleep, 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 sleep. One revelation we must all understand as pastors and shepherds is that Satan is fighting us. And he's fighting us big time. He's fighting us big time. Yeah. So we must rise up and fight him through prayer. Bind him. Pull him down. I said prayer at all levels. There must be prayer at all levels. Many years ago when the church was at the Colgono Cathedral Lighthouse, Bishop instituted a prayer rotation. That's where he came from. A prayer rotation. The church was divided into small, small, small groups and every day throughout the whole year there was prayer. Every day throughout the whole year there was prayer. So if you're a pastor here and there isn't much prayer in your church, don't expect the church to work. It don't work. Evil spirits are fighting you. Scattering the sheep. Sometimes you are there, you're, you're bare sheep. I mean, you have not done anything. I'm, I'm angry. I'm gone. I won't come to church again. So what does, oh no, I, I won't come to church again. It's an evil spirit. That has attacked the person. Accused the person against you. Brought an evil mind to the person. Discouraged the person. Sent the person to some temptation. Jesus spoke about the parable of the wheat and tares. He said, a certain man planted wheat in his 
failed. And he said, but whilst men slept, an enemy came and planted taste. So, pastor, as you are sleeping, you don't pray. You understand it? Many of our missionaries, you know it yourself. You know it yourself. You know it yourself. Why can't you pray? Why don't you pray? What work are you doing? When you wake up, you say you are a full-time pastor. What work do you do? The bishop who writes books, holds crusades, have governmental meetings, going around having camps. He says, he says, I wake up 2 a.m., 3 a.m. every day to pray for hours. And the mission is you don't pray. You don't. You never have a good church. Never. You, you can dream it. You, look, after this time, we'll meet here in five years again. You still have 20 members. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at Isaiah chapter 66 from verse 7. Before she traveled, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a child. Verse 8. Who had heard such a thing? <laughs> Who had heard such a thing? Who had heard such a thing that before a woman could travel, the baby has come? It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. Prayer is traveling. Prayer is traveling. So, missionaries, you don't pray. Pastor Steve, when I came to you last year, that's what I told you. I don't know whether you do it. You don't pray. Hey, you'll be 10, 15, 10, 15, 12, 30. You'll be angry at Bishop Obi. He has not done anything. Yeah? He has not done anything to you. What has he done to you? Huh? Who had heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Go back to verse 7. You see, he's trying to, he's trying to respond to verse 7. He said, before she traveled, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a child. Verse 8. Who had heard such a thing? <laughs> Dr. Joe, is that how women bring for children? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to, to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? Can you have a mega church at once? Can you cause a mega church to happen in one day? Then I can show you what to do. For as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. Your children are in your spiritual womb. You must travel to bring them out. Your mega church is in your spiritual womb. Every, every mega church pastor, every pastor of a large church, prays. Yeah. Bishop says a couple of years ago, he went to France to pray for a pastor. He had 8,000 members in his church. And he said, one of the things that the pastor says, every day I pray for, I think three hours or five hours, every day. Dr. Cho says for the past 15 years, he wakes up 3 a.m. every day to pray for hours. 
Every lay pastor here should pray two hours minimum every day. Every shepherd here minimum one hour. Minimum one hour. Our shepherds don't pray. Our shepherds don't pray. All of them say they don't pray. They watch video games. Watch TV. Watch soap operas. This is why the church is, your church is the way it is, brother. This is how it is. Without prayer, we are not going anywhere. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 21. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 21. Said, for the pastors have become brutish. The pastors have become brutish. And have not sought the Lord. Therefore, therefore, they shall not prosper. And their flocks shall be scattered. Pastor <laughs> Christos, it's true. You don't pray much. You don't pray. And my question to you is that what do you do in full time ministry? What do you do? Pastor Gusta, you say you are a full time pastor. You have 24 hours. What do you do? What do you do? You're not Bishop Obi. Who as he's sitting down here right now can get a test that he should come to Accra right now? Or travel to South Africa right now. Eh? Or do this, or do this, or do this. You are, you are not. I say you're a full time pastor, 24 hours. What do you do? What do you do? Hmm? I'm asking you a question. What is the work of a pastor? What is the work of a pastor? The Bible says in Acts 6, verse 1, and when the number, it came to pass when the number of the disciples multiplied. There arose a memory from the Grecians against the Jewish because the, their widows were not being part of the ministration. Then the twelve, look at verse 2. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we, we, we the apostles, we the apostles, we should serve, we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Pastors' work is not to serve tables. Connect the instruments set up no train people to do that train people to do that verse 3 wherefore brethren look you out among you seven men of honest report full of the holy ghost and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the way Continually to that's the work of a pastor. This is the two. There's a third one. The third one is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. A pastor must equip, according to Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, your members to do the work. A pastor must continually pray. A pastor must study the work and minister the work. Three. You don't do it. And once the pastor doesn't do it, it affects the church members and it affects your shepherds. Yeah. And the demons are free. The demons are free walking in your church, knocking your members. Get out of the church. Don't come here again. Yeah. So that is why the Basils become beneficial. Because 
it makes it possible for so much prayer to be offered. Can I have an amen? Huh? Hmm. Next one. The basil is beneficial to the kingdom of God because it serves as a huge evangelistic net that ensures the salvation of souls all the time. The basils is beneficial to the kingdom of God because it serves as a massive huge spiritual net which is cast over the community and ensures the winning of souls all the time. Amen? Now, there are two ways of fishing. The first way is using a fishing rod. So you stand and then you throw. Huh? The fishing rod has a there's a rod, there's a uh, there's a line, there's a hook, there's a sinker. Is that not so? Yes. So you stand like that. Wait uh, about 20 minutes. There you that's one way. Another way of fishing is to cast a net. What do you think? Which one brings in more fish and brings in more fish faster and easier? A rod or a net? Yes. When you create bustles, do you understand it? Eh? Stand up, John. Stand up, Michael. Stand up. Yes. Stand up, my brother. My sister there. Stand up. Yeah, you. Yes. You, in the yellow. Yes. Stand up. Father David, stand up. Eh? Stand up, my sister. Yeah, you. Yes. Eh? Stand up. Yeah, the one with the blue. Yes. Eh? Stand up, you. Yes. Yes. Stand up, Pastor Joe. Stand up, my, my, my sister in the yellow. Stand up. You in the white. In the white. Yes, in the white shirt. And then you. Yes, my brother, looking at me. Yes. At the back. Stand up. Yes, you too. Yes. Stand up there. My brother. Yes. Now, look at what we have done. Stand up, my brother. Look at what we have done. This is Nairobi. This is Nairobi. We have planted basils all over. Do you understand it? Every basil has to do outreach at least once every week. So within a week, he is outreaching here. He is outreaching there. Everybody is outreaching where they are. When you put all the outreaches together, do you know what we have done? We have cast a net over Nairobi. He pulls, pull your net. He pulls his net. Gets five souls. Everybody pulls. Everybody pulls. Everybody pull. Pull your net. Pull your net. You pull your net. Wherever, listen, wherever they are pulling, 
fish is coming. And because it's one big net, by the time we bring it to the shore, do you understand it? In one week, in one week, if we put all our attitudes together, this one is winning five, this one is winning two, this one is winning three, this one is winning four, and we have ten vessels, and everybody four, 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 when you put together, that's forty. If we have twenty, we can easily have eighty people. If we have fifty, in a week, in terms of when we pull our nets together, the soul that we can get, we can have about, we can have about 120. Then now, we go to the next step. We have to bring them to church. Let's say the 120, we are able to bring only half. On Sunday, there will be 60 people coming to give their life to Christ in the church. How long is it going to take you to win 60 people? We are using rods in our churches. You go want the ashes to go and do evangelism. Choristers. The pastor said, all choristers, this coming Saturday, please go and do outreach. Hey. So, the pastors are beneficial to the kingdom of God because they serve as a huge, massive spiritual evangelistic net that is cast over the community. Huh? Your pla- What's the name of your place? Yeah, Kasarani. If you have 20 working vessels, you, 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 you break the Kasarani into communities. You have two vessels here. Two buses here. Yeah, this one. John, come. This one. Your buses used to be where? Give me mic. This one. You have so many souls in the church, in the Colgono church. Where, where is the this one? Brother, hurry up. How many souls do you have? <laughs> yes. How many people were you bringing from uh, Choco? Was it Choco? Yeah, same one. Same one. Ch- yes. Yeah. How many people? Um, Sunday. On a Sunday. Sometimes two buses, 126, 26 people, sometimes 36. Yeah. Yeah. From his area. When he casts his net. Wow. Wow. Hmm? That is the power. How many of you have seen the power of the vessels? Have you seen why the vessels work? Eh? So many souls. That is why I was telling that. With us. With us. On a Sunday. Eh, the day that we are not happy. Hundred souls. On regular basis. We didn't do well. That day we pawned a lot of shepherds. We didn't do well. Hundred. They come from all the different. This service has 50 people. This service has 20 people. This person. That when we put it all together, not less than 100 on the Sunday. Oh, yeah. Eh? But wait for it, you saw it. You need to see it. Yeah. When are you going to win 100 souls, Pastor Gustav? When? With your ashes. With
But I see you creating your evangelistic net. I said, I, so every pastor, when you go, go and create an evangelistic net. Stop, stop using rods. Yeah. Listen. Even in terms of growing a church, I listen to me. In terms of growing a church, eh, crusade doesn't grow a church. Crusade doesn't grow a church. Yeah. How many people come to church from the crusade? No. Do you know where they live? You don't know. So, the importance of crusade is that it makes the word of God to be broadcast, advanced to multitudes so they can hear the word and react to the word. But in terms of retention evangelism, no. Person to person in vessels is more effective. More effective. I, I, I do crusades all the time. We can have a crusade that at the end of it, 600 people have given their life to Christ. Three days. 600. Yele, 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 yele. Will we have 10, 20 being established in the church? Yeah. But when you bring people to the bustles, you see, because the bustles are happening in the area, the community, you know where the people are. It's very easy for you to do follow-up and bring them. Wow. Are you blessed? Hmm? How many of you can't wait to go and do sales? Eh? How many of you are angry at what has happened in your church all this while? I know, I know, I know now, I know, I know now. Eh? And do like this, like this. I, I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't understand it. How can a church be 50 people after five years? 40 people after 6 years. 50 people after 6 years. Pastor Masini is abolished in your church at Nakuru. Can we have 40 people at Nakuru? Why? What wrong have you done? Hallelujah. How many benefits do you have? Sorry? Three. Number four. It ensures the healthy growth of the church. It ensures the healthy growth of the church. Because not only does the church grow, but because they meet in small groups, the sheep are properly cared for. It ensures the healthy growth of the church. Because not only does it allow the church to grow, but because the members are meeting in small groups, they are looked after, and therefore they are healthy. Amen. Hallelujah. Right. Next one. Benefit to the kingdom of God. We are continuing with it. The pastors become the care unit, the pastoral care unit of the whole church. The pastoral care unit of the whole church. 
the pastors become the pastoral care unit of the whole church. Next one. It is the leadership development platform for the church. It is the leadership development platform for the church. Through the area fellowships or the bustles, more people are won into the church. Therefore, you have more people to train. Pastor Dennis, have you seen that many people to train? Yeah, because there's nobody in the church. But when you have a lot of people coming into the church, then you have a lot of people to train to do the work of God. So it becomes the leadership training platform. Amen? Eh? Do you understand it? Yeah. Give me give me five chairs. Yeah. Put it up like this. Bring this one here. Yes. So sit down. Sit down here. So in our church, this is what we have done. What's your name? Curtis. So better Curtis eh, go to this place. Go to this place. Come to the front to give your life to Christ. Come to the front. Sunday. Lift up your hands. Say, Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. I'm born again. Jesus' name. Amen. So, from there, we put him straight into New Believer School. For six weeks. When he finishes, we graduate him. And we give him a letter and enroll him into Fruitful Believers School. Come here. Six weeks. When he graduates, we give him a letter and we enroll him into matured believers school. Another six weeks. Six weeks, six weeks, six weeks, 18 weeks. So that's like four months. Close to four months. Is that not so? Huh? When he finished mature believers school, we enroll him into shepherd's training school as a potential shepherd. Where he will be for about four months. Teaching him to become a shepherd. At the end of the four months, during the shepherdorial training, one of the things that we teach him is how to do basal work. How to work as a basal shepherd. We train him how to start a battle, the duties of a battle shepherd, all. And then, when we graduate him, all right, sit here, we now send him to go and start a battle. So, this brother, eight months after stepping in the church, is now ready himself to be a battle shepherd. 
We normally, in our new university school, you know, across the cathedral, we are always serving like 200, between 200, 250, 300 people. So we graduate them. We graduate about 150, 200, 160. So all of them are here. And then they all go through this process. As they are going through, some drop. Some drop. By the time they are entering into potential shepherds, uh, shepherds training school, they have about 100. So we start with about 150. We end up with about 100 or 90 or 80. And train these ones to become shepherds and basso leaders. So if you have 150 people and you work on them and you get 80 of them, 80, and then we pair them in twos. So the 80, we pair them in twos and then they go and start 40 vessels. But mind you, when these ones move from here and go here, another batch are here. Another batch are here. So what we have created in the church, this is what we have created in the church. Bring your chair. Yes. We have created the strategy of industrialization. We have created a factory in our church where we produce shepherds and basin leaders. It's a factory. Using the principle of industrialization. So, new believer, you go around. Do you understand it? Eh? Start from here. Start from here. Come round. Come round. Come round. Come round. Come round. You stand up. Go and start a cell. It goes off. Another person. Leadership training platform. So we always have workers. All the time. Yeah. We don't joke with our new converts at all. Eight months they are becoming Basel shepherds. Yeah. When you go to the factory, any factory that produces water, Coca-Cola, this is it. They call it conveyor belt. A factory that produces water. There is a big tank that has the water. And then it is pumped into other things. Then they distill them. Eh? Then they purify them. And then now, when it gets here, the bottle, the plastic bottle, all right, there's a machine that pumps into it. Then when it pushes to the next place, they put the cap on it. And then finally, when it gets here, there's a machine that puts the label on it. And then it drops off and it is packaged to sell to you. That is a conveyor belt. You can create a spiritual conveyor belt in your church. You never lack leaders. Many of you pastors, you are struggling because you don't have work. You don't have workers. 
You don't. But this is what it says to Grace is a ritual conveyor belt. Every Sunday we have nine schools. Every Sunday, nine. New Believer School, Fruitful Believer School, Mature Believer School, Shepherds Training. Then the people who are shepherds now, they do the lay schools. School of the Word, Solid Foundation, Victorious Living, Apologetics. Evangelism, nine schools. When we come, we have pop up stands in different sessions of the cathedral, and people are sitting down there, studying, training shepherds, developing shepherds, leaders, and sending them out. Amen? How many of you are going to create spiritual conveyor belt in your church? That is the benefit of the pastors to the kingdom of God. It becomes the leadership training platform. Many of us, the people who come to our churches, after one, two, three weeks, you, find, you can't find them. You understand? Because you don't have industrialization. You have to create a factory that produces pastor leaders in your church. Write it down. I'm going to create a factory in my church. Everybody must create a factory. And the last benefit to the kingdom of God. The bustles facilitate the fulfillment of the Great Commission. The bustles facilitate the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to pray. We are going to pray powerfully. Alright? Somebody should pick the mic and come and lead a prayer. And I want you to pray and say, Oh Lord, Oh Lord, Help me. Anoint me. Deepen my understanding. Anoint me to go and create cells in my church to bring church growth. Is it a good prayer? Is it a good prayer? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Light of the World Cathedral Collegon opposite the Collegon Main Gate. Please note our service times. English services Early Rain Service 6.30am to 8.30am His Presence Service 8.30am to 10.30am and Love and Faith Service 10.30am to 12.30pm Other Languages 
L'Eglise Glorieuse, French, 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Love and Victory, Gain, 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. And Love and Hope, Tree, 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant Youth Church also starts at 12 noon to 2 p.m. Be part of our midweek importation service this and every Tuesday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. prompts. For prayer, counseling and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you.